All right, Jeff. Um, we still got a couple little loose end thoughts about Asbury revival, yeah. and um, but I'm got I've got something I'm going to launch into. I'm just I'm a, actually, buckle in. I'm a tad line on material probably compared right, to most well. times. So I'm glad for you to to drive this bus. So. All right. Well, here we go. Now, Thank you for just listening. Don't throw to me the under it. Show. No. Well, Jeff, we uh, we. We've talked a lot about the Asbury thing, and we're not going to go into that in detail in this podcast, but I have something I think does kind of dovetail into it. Do you have anything before I launch into my rant here? Well, well I, it's a rant, but just I have some stuff I just thought since then that the, the idea that God meets us where we are, where we're at on a journey. And so it's easy to look at something like that and to criticize maybe some of the teaching or it's not this or that. But yet, you know, God meets us where we're at. And so... You know, there were times earlier in my life where I woke up to some realities about God, but I was still really messed up in some of my thinking. Well, that's, I mean, we're all on a journey, and, and God meets us where we are. So I'm thankful that, that a lot of young people at Asbury have, have had a, an experience that they'll remember for the rest of their lives and trust God to lead them in the years ahead to maybe uh, straighten out some of the thinking. And, you know, if there's some old covenant stuff mixed in there, um, well, I mean, yeah. I survived many years myself that way, yeah. and we still, have, you know, we're still growing. All of us are growing, so yeah. God meets us where we are. Yeah. So that's a great point, and you know, and it's kind of dovetailing to what I want to say too. That you know, what we do, <clears throat> and ministers do this all the time. I hear this all the time on Facebook. You know, we have a journey where we study things out. You know, we come to certain conclusions. I've heard ministers say, you know, well, I've studied this out for two years, and this is what I believe about Calvinism or Arminianism mm-hmm. or whatever. And so we're now got to immediately adopt their position, or you're a heretic. Yeah. <clears throat> Took them years to figure it out, but you don't get that benefit. You don't get your journey. You just yep. got to get, get to the destination of where their journey took them. You don't get to sort this out. And so I have an, I have an analogy that I want to give you. I want you to tell me where this analogy is flawed, and I'm going to tee it up for you. Okay, you okay. a golf analogy. Like, you ought to appreciate that. But So I'm looking for the flaw in this analogy? Yeah, just send okay. me what you think. If you think this analogy works. Okay, so, so, you're, not, so you're, not, you're not already aware of a big flaw. No, I think, it's, I think it's notice. dead on accurate. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. And, you know, I just sit all the time. I hear Christians bickering. Um, about theology, and one of the biggest things I see all the time is the the the, the um, division between Calvinists and Arminianism. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not familiar with that, basically, Cal- now there's other facets. I'm going to oversimplify <laughs> this, but the biggest the biggest distinctive that people typically make is that Calvinists believe that God chose you first, God ordained you, and that's why you then chose Him or came to Christ. Where Armenians believe it really was your decision that you accepted Jesus. That's an oversimplification, yeah. but that's pretty accurate. And that's the thing that seems to be what divides them the most. And it's amazing the vitriol about that. Mm-hmm. Amazing just how ugly that it's like and it's almost like on facebook and social media you've got to pick a it's almost like we're the hatfields and mccoys you got to pick <laughs> which side of this you're yeah. on are you an yeah. armenian or are you a, a calvinist um and so anyway here's what i think it's like let's say this say imagine this jeff imagine that you put the word out to a bunch of your friends hey let's get together at disney world let's okay. gather and we're gonna have we haven't seen each other since college and let's say you have 20 of your friends show up at Disney. Okay, I'm with you. I'm picturing this. <clears throat> All okay. right, you're inside the gate. Okay. 
He said, hey, it's great to see you all. It's and you all went in the same gate. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Jeff. So, it's a small world right. okay, I'm sorry. Okay. So we're in the gate. We all came through the same gate. In this analogy, we're going to say the gate is Jesus. Okay? okay? We all came through the same gate. And then we said, how did you get here? Well, I took the monorail to get here. I said, well, no, I, I took the steamboat over the lagoon to get here because that's the way you're supposed to do it, is taking the steamboat over the mm-hmm. lagoon. Then, no, you're supposed to take the monorail <laughs> over the And then somebody else says, well, I came because I just I wanted to be a part of it. Somebody else says, well, I really felt like I was meant to be here, that I was yeah. called to be here. And so all of a sudden, here's what we got. We have an argument at the gate, inside the gate, of how we all got to the gate. Yeah. And at some point, somebody ought to be able to say, can we just go enjoy <laughs> Disney World together? Can we just go ride Space Mountain together <laughs> and enjoy the fact that yeah. we're in this yeah. kingdom together? But no, we've got to fight on how we got into the door. Now, I see, listen, Calvinists make a lot of great points. When they quote Jesus, where Jesus says, no man can come to me except for the Father yeah. draws him. There are some great points to that. Yeah. And, and, you know, but I, yeah, I've yet to met a Calvinist who didn't think he was called or chosen, right. which is kind of yeah. an interesting thing. You know, yeah. you never hear a Calvinist say, well, I believe you're called or chosen. I just don't think I was. <laughs> you know, that doesn't happen. So, and, yeah. and I have a little struggle with the idea that God loves everybody, but he didn't choose everybody. I yeah. kind of have a little problem with yeah. that. Yep. So I'm yep. not, I, you know, I'm just not, I'm not solidly in either camp. Yeah. Okay. But can we at some point just say, hey, this, don't we yeah. have faith in Jesus? Don't we believe in what he's done for us? Can we enjoy that together and maybe even disagree on certain aspects of how we got here? Yeah. Oh, I think it's, I, I do not see a flaw at this point I made later in that. And I mean, obviously every analogy eventually breaks down, but yeah, I, I think it makes a great point. And that is, I mean, you know, we just proclaim who Jesus is and what he's done and, and, um, and, yeah, and like it's like we, you know, we and we have a very distinct perspective on the gospel. I mean, our things we do believe that the gospel is about what Jesus has done for us, mm-hmm. and and that's important to us. But we're not trying to kick people out of the kingdom who don't see that. Right. Okay. Now, here, let me tell you. Ask, tell me if you agree with this. From what I can see in Scripture, there's only two hills that the apostles were willing to die on, two things that they were adamant about. One is that Jesus came in the flesh. Mm-hmm. There was teaching back then. He really didn't come in the flesh. He was just a spirit. Well, it's central to the gospel. It seems to me that Jesus came in the flesh, died in the flesh, gave his life as a sacrifice on the cross in the flesh for us. That seems to God be... In the yeah, incarnation. You're right. We're back to the Nicene right. Creed. Yes, God came in, yeah, in, in flesh. flesh. Yeah. To me, that seems pretty central to the gospel. Yes. And, and they were very adamant that if you didn't believe that, you had a problem. Yep. And the other one is, do we add anything to the gospel? That was the whole point of circumcision. That was the whole point of the the kind of the council meeting they had in Acts 15. Do we add circumcision on the gospel? So the other thing that, that came into play was, do we add anything to the gospel? Did Jesus do enough for us? Was it finished? And I think those are two important things. And that first okay. part includes the resurrection as well. Yeah, yeah So yeah. obviously a huge resurrection. Yes, reason, yes. So. Um, and so other than that, you don't see them kicking people out of the, or belittling because they didn't have the same view of spiritual gifts or the second coming or church structure or even women's role in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't 
you know, we when we put Christians down because they, you know, they don't either, you know, no matter what side of the equation, for instance, the whole women question, you know, I mean, some of them are just brutal when it comes to churches that ordain women, have mm-hmm. women leadership, and people who don't believe in that. Just, I mean, I think that's the end all heresy. And I'm just, we got to stop this bickering. I mean, we're never going to impact the world if we're going to fight about petty stuff like this. There you go. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, one of the things I jotted down is about how that we, and it's the, really the flesh, feels compelled to have to figure everything out, to yeah. figure out every verse. And I talked a few months ago about loose endsianism. Yeah, we just leave the loose ends out there. I don't have to, and I, I think that comes from, I mean, it comes from the flesh. It comes, I mean, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the wrong tree to where we're going to base life on figuring everything out of what's right, what's wrong. And I don't think we, you know, we really underestimate how radically different life in Christ is to not live with that framework, but live by the life within us. Doesn't mean there's not such a thing as right and wrong. Uh, Romans 12, where, you know, hey, what is evil cling to what is good. But that's not the fundamental driver that's not the foundation no, it, uh, it, of it. I mean, we, we can fight. Here, here's a quick list of things we can fight over. Okay. We are fighting right. over. Okay. All right. We can fight. We fight over Bible translations. You know, some people think you can only have the King oh, James. Oh, wait a minute. You're not yeah, no, KJV not. only? No. We okay. fight over the sequence of events leading up to the second coming. Like a lot of things we agree on, but you got to have the order right or you're yeah, a heretic. Yeah. We fight on baptism and did you use enough water or not? Did you do yeah, it the right way? Yeah. We fight on spiritual gifts. We fight about the name of the local church. Some people believe a certain thing has to be in the name. We fight about eternal security. That's a huge one. We fight about your point of entry. How did you get in this thing? Did you make a decision? God make the decision for you. We fight about the exact definition of the Trinity. I believe in the traditional view of the Trinity, mm-hmm. but not everybody. I mean, that's a, not an easy concept to grasp sometimes, you know, but we fight about that. We fight on healing. How does God heal? When, when, you know, how does it do? Is he always mm-hmm. wanted to heal? We fight over prosperity. And that one really kind of fascinates me too, the whole prosperity thing, because people, I know people who, hate 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 prosperity teachers and i'm not a big fan of a lot of them either but yet they'll still ask god for a raise and believe for god to give him a raise at yeah, work yeah or they'll still ask god to help him pay a bill or, or heal, whatever or, or to heal or to, well heal but i'm just yeah. down this yeah in, on this the prosperity, prosperity. they so i can you know if i gave you a million dollars would you take it well if you would take it you kind of <laughs> believe and you know so but i get it that it shouldn't be the overall emphasis yeah. i mean i do agree yeah. with that we we uh, the, the definition of what's a sin and what's not a sin. Um, music styles, we fight over that. We fight over the style of church government and what women's roles should be. I mean, we can fight over yeah. anything. The one, uh, the, the Trinity, I would probably leave off that list because I think that's your point one that you mentioned the non optionals from the early that God came in flesh or Jesus in flesh. And well, all that. So the that, idea so that, that you have to understand that, yeah, and I believe that God came in flesh. I believe that is non optional. Yeah. But the, um, the idea that you understand that it's God in three persons, all that, I mean, I do believe that. I don't think everybody, every believer who believes in Jesus understands that dynamic. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Is you know, and so I just think we fight over stuff we shouldn't fight about. Um, so anyway, I just 
So you well, let's just all go to Disney. Could you just ride Space Mountain together? <laughs> can we just go ride Space? Well, can I'm we not just, big on roller coasters. Let's change it to a. It's a small, small yeah, okay. world that, or something you know, like that. That's the difference between me and you. Jungle, jungle we go cruise. to Disney. You're uh-huh. going to. It's a small world, and I'm going to space. There, that defines the or, differences. Right. I there. really like the haunted house, but that's controversial. Yeah. You know, I guess a lot of Christians wouldn't go to the haunted house. You know, at, at Disney World. I so have. I've been to the haunted house. Yeah, and, I thought it was full disclosure. Yeah. Oh, I have too. I enjoy that. But I heard something the other day that was kind of see to me what you think of this I, this kind of hit me as like hmm sometimes you just think have to go hmm that's an interesting perspective but somebody I, probably an atheist said this I don't know <laughs> but he said that the, a lot of the Christian devotionals are really just horoscopes for, for Christians like this is your daily thing yeah. you know, I hadn't thought of that horoscopes have a daily thing yeah, it's, yeah it is kind it's of like a... de- Christian devotionals are horoscopes for Christians like this is what God's saying to you today. This is the, isn't that kind of a oh boy? Um, yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that. But yeah, I mean, along those lines, though, where you're talking about these things, what what the other thing that crossed my mind when you're reading those things that we divide over is how that looks to the unbelieving oh, yeah. world. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. All right. or or the other verse, you know, I mean, it comes to my mind so often. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Yeah. And we want to increase intellectual knowledge. We want to have everything figured out. And, I mean, you know, God could have done that in Scripture. I mean, he could have, I think he could have made these doctrinal issues clear in Scripture if he wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of Scripture. Let's be honest. There's a lot of Scriptures that are hard to harmonize. Oh, yeah. Any any one of these camps you talked about earlier, all of them have Scriptures that are hard to interpret. And, And each group thinks the other is... Bending it oh, too yeah. much and yeah, all yeah. this type of thing. Let me tell you so. one thing I'm kind of in the middle of because I'm I'm a part I'm on the board of the Jesuit County Homeless Coalition. Okay. Uh, it's also now called the Center for Growth and Hope, and we feed people every day. Uh, they do counseling for people in, in addictions and all that, and they also are creating a a home for women who need to get out of abusive situations. They do a lot of good. And so we found out apparently our directors found out that you can he can raise some income through bingo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. And so knew we had we thing. had a board meeting, and somebody brought up. They said, you know, he's a pastor of a church. He said, this is not right. This is a sin. And he made a motion that we end all forms of bingo and any other gambling or whatever. Okay. And I started thinking about this. Thought, well, you know, and I told myself, listen, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that position, and I've taken that position a long time myself, and I've made fun of Catholics for doing that forever and ever. And uh, <laughs> But we put it off for a week to you know, kind of think about it and pray about it. And here's what kind of hit me um, is, that, you know, they did have gambling in Roman times. I mean, the times of Jesus. Casting were, of lots. But there were games, and I forget some of them. I had even written a lot of the names. I mean, they had games that there were names to them. I mean, they had games were gambling nothing new under the sun so not and, probably not shouldn't be surprised and, and so this pastor brings up four scriptures that applied to gambling and none of them had anything to do with gambling they're all had to do with greed you know you don't yeah. do things because it's like yeah. your life's all about money and i just thought you know and no, i'm not listen i am not i don't do the lottery i don't go to vegas and do, i mean i i'm not a big into gambling but you know it, it isn't nailed down in scripture there is no scripture really that pertains to gambling. Yeah. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. I mean, let alone bingo, which is pretty <laughs> innocent, really. I mean, they would bring grandma out. Really, but most of these are people bringing their grandmothers yeah. over to get them out of the house and give them something to do. And they bring in 20 bucks and try, you know, and they may win, they may lose, but, they, you know, so it provides some money. So I know people listening to this are going to think I'm a heretic for 
okay and bingo. But, you know, isn't that interesting that there's not one time, and you know a lot of people had to be playing (laughs) games of chance back then, and Paul never said, hey, make sure you don't be whatever their equivalent to bingo was. Don't get sucked (laughs) into it. the Greek word for bingo. Yeah, there is no Greek word for bingo. I looked it up. I I I mean, we we like to have issues to make us, some of this, we want to have issues to make us feel better yeah to make us feel like i'm i'm on target with my spiritual life because i believe this or that and i'm against this or that and you're not and i mean it's it's how we divide and and this this is such a big deal to this pat i mean he was adamant that if this continues his church is going to pull their support well they don't really give that much money anyway to this homeless coalition but they just cannot abide by this and i'm thinking you know that's fine Okay, if that's your conviction, but you just have to stop and ask the simple question, if that's such an abomination, why didn't God give us some kind of indication Mm -hmm. in Scripture that this was wrong? And I don't see it. The um, two or three podcasts ago, we we talked about, so we're a little off subject here of this, but... um, John, we talked about, you know, John referred to himself, the Apostle John, as the, the Apostle yeah, of whom Jesus loved. Yeah, well, and then you I'm said, the favorite. You know, That's the, well, okay, hold on. The, okay. The, the, I totally forgot about another verse oh. that, um, and I think you probably remember, you probably have forgotten it like I did. You know, you talk about even in eternity. You want to ask John, you know, what were you, did you ever kind of pause a little bit before yeah. you wrote that down in your gospel and all that? I totally forgot about Numbers 12, 3. Numbers. numbers we're going back to 12, numbers for this? Okay. Numbers chapter 12. Verse 3, now the man Moses was very humble more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Most humble. That's kind of like me, I think. Just the most so humble. Numbers 12. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> who wrote Numbers? So Numbers 12.3 says, now the man Moses was very humble more yeah. than all men who were on the face of the earth. Remind me, say, who, who wrote the I think the that, was, that would have been Moses. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, well. So, I mean, that's even more blatant than Yeah, that's true. That's John. a great point. Yeah, so, same so thing. When you ask John, you know, get them both together. Yeah, okay, guys. Most real. <laughs> the John. most humble. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, God in the Bible. So, I guess. But I remember that from years ago, but I totally. I mean, had you heard that verse before? Or is that, yeah, but okay. I hadn't thought about the fact that okay. he wrote it about himself. I hadn't thought about yeah. that angle. But, uh, yeah, that, I love that about John, though. Yeah, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. I'm the one he liked. I mean, it's like I'm the favorite. You know, it's, it's really like, you know, it's like me and you saying that. You know, I'm mom's favorite, you know, or something. You know. So anyway, um, back, let me give you this little list of things. Now, these are the things. This is my little list of things I dislike the most about modern Christianity, and this applies to um, what's going on in Asbury. Yeah, because a lot of things I dislike are not happening there. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, okay. so, so like first institutional in contrast. Yeah. Okay. So institutional loyalty. I'm not a big fan of that. Well, there's none of that really going on there. Uh, using the Bible as kind of a manual for all of living. I don't mm-hmm. see that happening there. Using a lot of loaded terms, like the way we load terms like repentance and sin and things. I don't see that happen. Religious obligations, celebrity pastors, production style services, doctrinal tangents. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixed grace. I mean, I wrote this list before the Asbury thing was really taken off, and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of things that I don't like about modern institutional Christianity are things that they're not doing at the yeah. revival, which I kind of like, yeah. which I think is, I don't know, but, but just an observation, that's all. All right. The um, read a good, uh, reading, I'm reading two or three books right now, but one of them, uh, he shared something that he often 
describes to people, and he actually heard somebody else do it as well. So it's been more than one person, but I don't even remember who now I read it from. But I thought this made an interesting point, that he, when talking to a group of people, he, might, he will say, okay, now picture a throne room. So I'll do this to you, Roger. Who so said that? Who's, where'd you hear this? Um, one of the books I read, and oh, I've okay. written different ones. I'm, I don't remember now which one it okay. was. But anyway, right. so, so picture, you picture a throne room, whatever kind of throne room you want, okay. whatever kind of a throne you want. Now picture Jesus on the throne. Okay. Okay. So you got that? You got a throne room in got mind. It. You got Jesus on the throne. Okay. Now picture yourself somewhere in that room. So picture yourself somewhere in that room. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to, to say what you're thinking all this, but all right. so he would ask a group to do that. And then he would say like, okay, how many people uh, pictured yourself um, kind of at the doorway or in a corner and a few hands might go up and they said, how many pictured yourself uh, kneeling at the foot of the throne and most hands would go up mm-hmm. at that point and then he would say and then this author would say you know the, the last one was okay how many of you pictured yourself sitting right there next to jesus and this guy's thinking yeah that's me because you know I'm, I'm seated with him mm-hmm. and then the heavenly wrong ephesians 2 and all that and then then the guy would ask this how many people are on the throne mm-hmm. and then he points out that you know, in that day, you will know that I'm in the Father and you are in me, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing is just a point that we yeah. are one with Jesus, yeah. that we are in Him and He is in us. We are one with Him on the throne. That doesn't mean we are, you know, we are not deities. So we're not yeah. going there. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But right. the whole idea of union is the idea that I think we, we still underestimate what the essence of the gospel, of the union that we have been placed into Christ, Christ in us. Is yeah. incredible. Yeah. So that, I thought that was kind of like a good that. way like to, that. to That's a good way to say illustrate that with that. So. Now I'm going to do something you should never do on a podcast, Jeff. I'm going to show you a picture. Realize that nobody else can see this, but we might post it on our Facebook page. Okay. okay? <laughs> I thought this is one of the funniest pictures I have ever seen in my life. This is basically <laughs> an artist rendering. Seen this or not? An artist rendering of Peter taking a selfie at the Last Supper. Oh, I think I've seen. Have you this seen one. this? I think I have it. Is that not the what funniest picture? Yeah. What was it? Okay, yeah, it is. But you see, I guess I was thinking it might have been Jesus, but Jesus is on the other yeah, end of the table. Yeah, he's on the other side. So okay. I'm saying that's Peter. Yeah. They may have said Jesus. Probably I think there. it's Peter. Yeah, but that's just right. the fun. And see, was there a caption with it? Was there a caption? I don't remember, but yeah, I just is. captured that picture. But isn't that the funniest <laughs> picture? I mean, I laughed and laughed at that. It reminds me of the one, the Wittenberg Door magazine years ago. Do you remember the caption they had? The, it was the classic Last Supper, you know, Da Vinci's classic yeah. Last Supper picture. And the caption they put below it, where Jesus is speaking and Jesus is saying, Okay, guys, if everyone's going to get in the picture, y'all need to come out on this side of the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, maybe we got a few listeners out there yeah. that remember the Wittenberg door. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a blast from the past, from the 1970s and 80s. All right, so. I'm going to give you a list, Jeff. You tell me, which of the, what do these things all have in common? All right? Oh, this sounds easy. Yeah, it, it, you should nail this. A video rental store. Okay. Phonograph needle. Okay. Film, like it would go on a camera. Mm-hmm. A phone booth. Mm-hmm. And religion. Well, they're all has-beens. They're all obsolete. Yeah. Hebrews 8.13. And speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing older is ready to vanish away. And I think we just have to occasionally be reminded that the law and with it religion 
obsolete. I mean, religion, I heard someone say religion is what we do, try to do when we don't know who we are in Christ and who Christ is. And when you see who Christ is and what he's done and who we are in him, that's the end of of religion in that regard. And you see the world around you very differently. Well, anyway, to go back to the Asbury revival, renewal, whatever we want to call it. I'm going to try to go to this the next couple of days, and I'll be reporting back, Jeff. Okay. I have a, I have a parking spot over there now, and so somebody has given me uh, permission to park in their driveway. So you're going to take a box of our books and, uh, to be able to sell? No. Okay. And uh, I'm kind of a local celebrity over there, so they reached out to They wanted me to have my own parking place, Jeff. So Local celebrity in your Facebook page, yeah. yeah. So you started yeah, well, the Facebook in, page. In Jasmine um, County. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so uh, Well, that'll be a let me know. Um I mean, I, I wasn't opposed to going. I mean, I, I just didn't want to fight the crowds more than anything. Yeah. I just I felt like my life would be okay without it. So I'm glad for people to win. I'm glad for you to go. I mean, once you, once you see the long line, you do think about, wow, yeah. I'm going to be standing in a long line. I'm going to try to get there. I don't know what time I should get there. I'm going to try to get there early to get in and not stand in a line a mile long. And I guess the thing's growing, too. You know, the line's getting longer. So they said the Yeah, I heard lines yeah, a day or two ago was the longest they've been. Yeah. So, but I, I you know. Be interesting to see. We'll talk about it next time. All right. What do you think of that new Netflix series? Isn't that that interesting? What? The brand new Netflix series? What is that? We talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about? No. Full Swing? The Netflix series? I I have no idea what that is. They have a, a brand new, just came out a few days ago, a whole new series on the PGA Tour, behind the scenes and all that. Okay. It's, it's, it's paid pattern, the music in pat- now. Pattern but. after the, uh, the, the um, Formula One driving, you know, the big Netflix series a year or so ago, a year or two ago. This is produced yeah, by the same I'll people. Yeah, I'll be catching that. It gives that. you a lot of the, the background story of the PGA Tour. Uh, you'll, you'll love yeah. it. You'll love okay. it. Okay. So. All right. Well, with that, it's called we're Full gonna... Swing is, well, the, is oh, the Netflix boy. series. Okay. There is some language in it. I'll warn you about that. But anyway. Yeah, well, these golfers, that's why. Well, yeah, kind that's of true. a rough bunch, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm.